This week on the Koshcast. Liverpool scrape by West Ham, Anthony Martial gets glam, Oba gets Arsenal out of a jam, and Mourinho's negative tactics leave his team to get slaughtered by a lamb. Part. Elsewhere, we look back at last week's epic Champions League action and ahead to more of the same on Tuesday and Wednesday. Turn it up. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. How are you now? And Mahane. Oh, I'm well, thank you. <laughs> Let me introduce Mahane. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Bernie. What the hell, man? <laughs> hey, guys. How are you, Mahane? I am good. I'm currently completely turned off my lights in the room. Oh, down the, you added context. Yeah, yeah brought down the uh, brightness on my laptop because I have a huge headache from light. From what? From like light. Oh, oh, I see. Um, well, I'm glad you're in the in the mood then. You're mm-hmm. in the, the kosh, the pod mood. Um, so saucy vibes from a hundred early on. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if those continue. Uh, let's start with what happened today. Liverpool three, West Ham two. For a while, it looked like West Ham might actually be the team to knock Liverpool off their f-ing perch, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Bernie, how disappointed were you? I was disappointed, and I was, I was, it was comedy at the same time because I want West Ham to go down so badly because they're a waste of everyone's time. Um, but I hate Liverpool. So you thought for a second they were going to be competent, West Ham, and then you realized it's West Ham, so it isn't, it's not possible at all. West Ham. Mohamed, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you... Well, at one point, Bernie messaged us saying he wanted to draw, and we were both a bit confused because, like, well, either you want Liverpool to get beaten, yeah. or, like, why would you really want well, West Ham to do anything? There's only two options here. Either Liverpool get beaten so that their run ends, obviously yeah. I'm a personal fan, or they beat the hell out of West Ham and you get a lot of FPL points. <laughs> right. Well, we certainly got that. Anyone that has trend. Mane Salah. Yeah. Like, it was, it was a, a feeling. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I didn't even care. Like, the minute, the minute they scored 2-2, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need, like, a Mane goal real quick. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. or something, which is exactly what happened. Because, like, honestly, when I watch Liverpool now, they're just so far ahead that, like, I don't count them as part of the league right now. Like, you know what I mean? So, I just use them for FPL. That's, I just follow their scores to see how well I do in fantasy. That's pretty much all they mean to me this season. Is it? It's going to be a bit anticlimactic when they win the league, isn't it? But just because they've done it in February. Unless they win it at Goodison Park, which is a mathematical possibility. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And it might fact, have a little bit more I think it's actually likely. Um, yeah. What, what this... What this does set up, though, and you mentioned it earlier, um, is that Arsenal might have to be the team, unbeaten Arsenal in 2020, might have to be the team that finally defeats Liverpool, and they play what, May something? Yeah, early May. It's like the second, the second to last fixture, something like that. And I, I mean, let me tell you, I would love it. I would love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That really would be astonishing. Like Arteta's not going to win a trophy this season, but that would sort of be a trophy. Like I would take that over your legacy. Yeah, L- genuinely. Listen, if he did that, you have to at the Ballon d'Or Awards give him Manager of the Year. I don't <laughs> care what Klopp achieves. I don't care what who wins the Champions League. I don't care about any of that. Like, Mate. listen, I myself will be cheering Arsenal on. <laughs> and would, that's that's a shocking thing for me to think. I about. would take a leaf out of United's book and say. Give him the piece of paper, let him put whatever number <laughs> and let him sign that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Bernie, another result for you to be uh, happy about today, just uh, this is an absolute tangent, but I'm just noticing that Cameroon managed to only draw nil-nil with Rwanda. You must be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> In what? <laughs> In a friendly... <laughs> Wait, maybe we should visit Rwanda. Uh, I, 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 Alex, well done. Well done. Well done. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to push it because I've already come this far. If you're a Cameroonian supporter, that will, that's going to ruin your day. Wow. Ruin your day. We yeah. need to cut this part out of this podcast. <laughs> cut it or rewind it. 
Oh my <laughs> good. I, you know what? No one talk. No one say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Uh, speaking of results, Bernie is happy about Manchester United three, Watford nil. No. Uh, this was actually pretty glorious for United. I know it was dodgy in spells, but you finally got to see your boy Bruno Fernandes do all his things. Uh, he's been good since he came. So, you know, I expected him to do well. What I didn't expect was uh, Luke Shaw to play well because Luke Shaw handled uh, who's that guy on the right, Pereira. And Delafeo was a piece of trash in this game. I think it was almost more Watford re- reverted back to being nonsense than us being all that great. Mm. However, uh, Bruno Fernandes, you know, good performance. A solid performance from a playmaker. You can see the difference when we have Andreas or Lingard playing in there. Like, it's just... You know, it's, it's a bit like Mo playing on um, co-ed. When you're just a better <laughs> player, like, things just happen. Like, you don't even have to be supremely good. You're just a better player than everybody else. That stuff happens. And that's what happened here. I have to say, I have to say that, you know, I've never seen such a performance from a player in the history of football. It was <laughs> outside of this world. I mean, he dove and then he scored a penalty and then he passed the ball four yards to whoever scored that second goal. Like, it was, it was out of this world, and I thought, you know, worth every penny. I mean, Mohamed, the question we have to ask is, is he really human? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Bernie, look, just, just, just so we're serious, I know exactly what you mean, and watching the game, you're right. He uses class, and you can tell he makes everyone around him better, and even when he gets the ball, Watford players kind of give him that, that respect that you wouldn't give a Lingard or a, or a Pereira when they're on the ball. Like you attack them right away with him, you can see they kind of back off because you know they know he's got the talent to kind of embarrass them, and that helps United a lot. And obviously, he everything goes through him and blah 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 and all that. It's just you know the the bands as as the kid. Um, yeah, yeah, you gotta have the you gotta have the bands. The thing that that made me actually funny enough, Martial and him have figured something out, and I really like that. Um, he's looking for Martial all the time, which Andreas Pereira is just looking for the corner flag instead of looking for his own players. So it's a massive improvement. And then Martial's goal, like, give me a break, man. Like, the guy has a bit of that Berbatov swag where you're not sure if he cares. And then he mm. pulls off, like, that, cr- that crazy bit of, bit of play every now and then. But his goal record is 15 goals this season, 10 and 20 games in the Premier League. His goal ratio is really, really good. So a lot of flack he's been getting has been absolutely stupid. He's doing a good job as a number nine. Absolutely. He, he is doing a good job. That goal was as saucy as Mohanad's lighting set up this evening. It <laughs> delish. Um, I'm slightly concerned, Bernie, that Solskjaer with better players might do a good job. Uh, I mean, we've seen worse managers get to Champions League finals with good squads. So... I don't care. <laughs> if, if, if he does a good job because of good players, fine. That just means that we actually get our recruitment right for once, which never happens. So. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just, you know, earlier this season and last season, it was all about um, United were turning up for the big games. He seems to do very well in the big games, but you just couldn't beat the shit teams. Now, if you start putting away the smaller teams like this, uh, then, you know, that's a really good sign for him. It's, it's also helping that a lot of players are coming to form lately, like Shaw, De Gea, Fred obviously has been fantastic. Even Matic has played a couple of really, you know, him and, him and Shaka in the kind of slow but a defensive <laughs> midfielder club. Have, somehow there's a reemergence of that type of player recently. Mm. Um, even, but, but, by know, the way, on that, on that Mohamed, that is a very important point. Let's not gloss over this because you hate Shaka. Yeah, I hate Xhaka for you. <laughs> I hate Matic, and I feel like everyone else understands why I hate Matic. And Louise, and then there's Luke Shaw. We hate all these people. Yeah. But somehow I'm like, would I drop any of them right now? No, and that concerns me greatly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you, when you can't hate, it bothers you, you know? Um, but Mason Green would have to say, uh, you know, whatever. I, it just The comparisons with RVP are actually... Again, not about quality or impact yet or anything. It's just the way he wants to play football is RVP. Like that left foot, when, like that top corner left foot, every time he gets the ball, he just wants to curl it into the far post. Like it's so Van Persie from a striker. It actually really looks like it's Van Persie. Yeah, it's just absolutely phenomenal. 
uh, 11 goals from an 18-year-old in his first season, it's absolutely crazy to think that this kid is going to be a superstar if, he's, if you take care of him right. Wonderful player, absolutely right with the Van Persie comparison. Van Persie said it himself. It's, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And Roche is here. Roche, how are you? Hello, I am very well. Uh, missed all of you guys and uh, glad to join in. As uh, Even though it's late, I'm coming on like a late substitute, but hopefully I'll bang a hat-trick. <laughs> Impact sub. Uh, welcome. We were just about to move on to Arsenal Everton, but before we do that, we will let you talk about your beloved Manchester United. So 3-0 win over Wolves, we were just discussing. Um, any Watford. particular thoughts on that game? Uh, Watford. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was Watford, yeah. Um, uh, overall, I thought the game was... Uh, it was okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't think United started well. I think uh, Watford are not the best team. And uh, conditions were perfect for United to drop points over here. And uh, if it wasn't for the new signing, Bruno Fernandes, to shine through with some nice through passes and uh, good creativity in the midfield, uh, United could easily have thrown this game away. And um, Martial, he got his goal. It was a very good goal, very well taken. Um, but still, uh, other areas where, you know, like, if you, I mean, he was missing for, you know, 60 minutes of this game at least. And, and that was his moment to shine. And all of a sudden, he's got three goals in three games, which is great for him. Mason Greenwood, he was also very quiet. You know, you just, almost Michael Carrick-esque. You know, the commentator's not talking about him the whole game. And then all of a sudden, he does something. So, uh, overall, uh, kind of a mixed performance. And I think the finishing was good. And that was the difference between the teams. Um, let's move on then to Arsenal-Everton. A roly-poly uh, mental game this was, but a lot of fun. Um, Mohanad, as Arsenal fans, we were watching this and enjoying it, even though it was all over the place. Even though Calvert-Lewin put Everton ahead with a bicycle kick after about whatever seconds it was in the first minute. Um, <coughs> how, how did you feel watching this? I had a lot of fun watching this game. Um, and that's really, I, was, I think we were texting during the game and I said, this is, that's all I can ask for. You know, I'm not going to ask... Arsenal to go and win the Premier League or the Champions League. I'm just realistic. But all I want to do is again watching Arsenal play. And this one, you know, that, that's exactly what happened. Even when we went 1-0 down um, very early on. It's, it's weird, Alex. We've talked about this before. We can maybe from the first, what, five minutes sense which Arsenal are turning up today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all it takes. Literally a few phases of play and you're like, okay, we're going to get, you know, fun, exciting Arsenal or we're going to get Arsenal and get back and lose to, you know, whatever, Bournemouth 1-0. Um, so this one, you could tell right away from the beginning that they were up for it. The energy was there, even though we just conceded. The self-belief in the team is just much higher than it was. Even going down that early, they rallied right back and they played, you know, the, maybe the first 15 minutes were shaky, but the last half an hour of the first half was some of the best football we've played all season. And, I really enjoyed the first half. We played very well. Um, got our two goals to, to come ahead 2-1. Um, Aubameyang with a great goal. And Saka, what a cross, um, continuing his good form. I think 10 assists of the season for him. You know, 18-year-old playing makeshift left back um, for, again, Inketia, or whatever, 19, 20-year-old striker. So, you know, one, one for the Arsenal, the youth team there, assist and a goal for, for both youth products. So that was a lot of fun. And then, again, Arsenal conceded very early in the second half. but not really too worried and uh, very, sorry, very, uh, very late in the first half. And uh, again, Aubameyang comes up, Trump, um, and a top score in the league playing in this Arsenal side is very impressive. Aubameyang's goal record is ridiculous. Yeah. He's got yeah. 60 and 95 for Arsenal. Like that, and, and a very dysfunctional Arsenal for most of the time that he's been at the club. And playing like, I can way. only imagine what he would do <laughs> in a fully functioning team. Yeah. But I, I want to ask you a question about Bukayo Saka because uh, Bernie Knight spoke about him last week. He's clearly very talented. He's showing a lot of potential. He's playing at left back. Now, there have been a lot of cases in the last you know, 10, 15 years of football where a winger becomes a fullback. In fact, like mostly that's how it happens. Like no yeah. one, you know, the old adage, no one grows up wanting to be a right back. Um, and he's doing it so well that how do you feel about his development? Do you want to see him pushed forward when Tierney comes back? Or do you want to keep him in the spot where he's doing what he's doing, bearing in mind that the modern fullback is basically what a winger used to be at this So. The good thing that's helping him when he plays a fullback is he's coming from behind the play and he's not being marked at the start of the play. So he's kind of creating an overload. You'll have your winger that's marked and then you'll have him show up. It's kind of like when you're playing, you know, 
in our five-a-side league and you're playing in defense, it's sometimes more fun than up front because you can kind of show up and no one's marking you. And that's what's helping him a lot in terms of getting space that he needs. So when mm-hmm. he does move up to being a winger, that's going to be more difficult. He's going to have to learn how to create more space for himself. But to your question, I do want to see him as a winger. I think he's just too skillful, too attacking to stay at left back. Even, even you know, he's, he's played a few times as a winger and he scored some really good goals in our uh, Europa League run so far. And I'd be too excited to not at least give it a try uh, on the wing. Cool. Let me, let me, um, <clears throat> sorry guys, let me bring this back to earth a little bit here. Uh, Saka, by the way, if he doesn't play for Nigeria, I have a very big problem with that. So let's, let's, let's make that one happen. What, what, are, what are the rumors? What are the rumblings? Uh, England are the rumblings here. But uh, we're trying, we're trying. Um, but I, I wanted to get on this because I've watched these Arsenal, uh, this game again. And some of the defending, like we can't gloss over how absolutely abysmally shocking it was. And this was supposed to be a team that Arteta had fixed defensively. The first goal, I don't, yeah, class match, you should be happy he got injured. <laughs> Because his defending on Yerry Mina was, was amateur hour. Like, it wasn't even co-ed level. Letting him just, he's walking past him. Let him go. You're already playing a high line. Then David Luiz and Mustafi combine to let Holgate get behind him. It comes off David Luiz's shoulder. Like, it was a comedy club. And then the second goal, I'm going to blame Leno, although Leno actually stood on his head in this game. He didn't come out and be strong enough to stop. I don't know who it was that scored the second goal. Was it Holgate? Was it Carver Lewin again? You love a little Leno dig. You oh, absolutely but, but, love but, it. But you know he had to get that ball. He absolutely yeah, of had course, to do and he that. admitted as much. So it is his fault. But again, I did say he's still on his head in this game because he stopped it from being 3-3 in this game. But how are you not concerned by the same people that we've been praising, right, in Luis and Mustafi for playing well, combined to be an absolute clown car on the first goal and even the second goal? That should still be concerning. Alex, you want to take this one? or? Yeah, I mean, the previous four games, one goal conceded. Admittedly, it was against Burnley, Newcastle, Olympiacos and Bournemouth. But, you know, we're coming from a place where we conceded under Emery like 30 to 40 shots on target a game. So, yeah. Arteta, That's not possible. It, it is. It actually is. It was, it was on target. Yeah, it was absolutely bonkers. Um, wow. Like, it was, it was almost de- a deliberate strategy. Um, so, yeah, has Arteta fully fixed it with the, the same players that were, that were messing it up in the first place? No, and nor would you expect him to. But he has made significant improvements. Now, I only bring that up because um, before Rache came on, we we're talking about managers fixing things with players. I don't care what manager you are. There's only so much you can do with... Luis and Mustafi long term because they will keep doing things like this. What they did on that first goal was amateur, guys. It wasn't a matter of solidity, it was amateur hour. And you can't fix those things like fixing Phil Jones. No one's going to do these things. Yeah, look, the problem is when you take just this one clip into account, obviously, but the, like Alex said, we're taking into account the, the changes in the last whatever 10 games or whatever Arteta's been here. We're seeing the progression. We're also seeing a these two instances that we saw are from set pieces. Um, Arsenal's issue under Emery was no defense in transition, um, no defense on the counterattack, et cetera, et cetera, big pockets in midfield. So there's a lot more um, that was solved compared to, you know, the two um, set pieces that we saw here. That was, you know, not something that we've seen in the last four or five games under Teta. And yes, when you have, you know, Mustafi, things will happen. You have Luis. Again, I have to say Kolasinac has not played at all under Ateta, for example. So, you know. No, I get it. I'm just saying that this is not sustainable behavior. You need, I don't know if Saliba's any good, but you need to actually upgrade that defense. Because if you are trying to get into the Champions League next season, and by the way, I think Ateta's doing a good job. But I'm just saying, you need better players than those two guys. You just do. I mean, to be fair, it was also a really good finish by Calvert Lewin, and he's on fire right now. And you know, the first minute of the game, and he's doing a, a, a like what was that finish? A scissors kick or something? It was crazy. Bicycle, Bicycle kick. Yeah. Wow. Well, you have to remember how that came about. Louise was facing the wrong way. The ball hits his shoulder <laughs> because he was being a complete idiot. Like yeah. you can do a bicycle all you I want, thought... but the ball should never come off a defender's shoulder the way it did. 
I, yeah. I honestly thought out of the four of us, I would be like ranked the highest on an agenda kind of ranking. But I honestly think it's Bernie. With David Luiz? Just in general, this agenda is like, he just, he loves an agenda, honestly. Luiz, Leno. <laughs> no, 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 no. The difference like, Luiz has been is- like our... Luis has been like now, a player of the season for the last like five games. The difference between me and your agendas is my agendas are based on actual fact. Your oh agendas are like Kevin De Bruyne just crosses without looking. Like, how do you know? <laughs> this is dangerous. <laughs> was this a is dangerous territory. Uh, all right. Uh, just on the Luis debate, I will say, uh, can your centre-back make the slide rule pass through ball to, to the forward with his weaker foot? Don't think so, bruv. Their center back has like size 13 shoes, man. He can barely walk. This is true. <laughs> My center back no, can, I, I, can score headers. You're uh, on, on this game, sorry, I, I had to ruin all the fun, but I did have some thoughts that came into my head about this game and the oh. narratives about the new managers. So Arteta has been doing a good job at Arsenal, you know, given fact. But also Ancelotti, as much as Alex in particular wrote him off, he's been doing a really good job at Everton. No, he's not. Doing fine. He's doing. He's doing well. No, no, no. You have to say he is doing a good, like. He's doing a good. Like, if you want to nitpick everything, everything is going to be nitpicked. Yes, everything haven't played anyone. That's what we're, that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> You're not real. <laughs> everything haven't played anyone relevant in a while. But again, they were losing to people who aren't relevant as well. So you know, Calvert Lewin has you know one of the best. I think he's the best striker in the league since Ancelotti came in in terms of stats. So etc. 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 Like overall, he's done a very good job. Now, if you look at Everton's. Um, the fixtures coming up. I think they play City, Liverpool, the United all in a row, something like that, or Chelsea, one of them. So their yep. next three is really going to show what's going on. Yeah, and then, and then they have Norwich and Leicester after that, Spurs after that, Southampton who are in form, and then Wolves. It's going to be a massive test. Uh, and what, what you said about that they were losing to the, to the bad teams before, yeah, they were massively underachieving before, and now they're doing what Everton should be doing. Which is why I'm not going to say Ancelotti's doing an amazing job because this is absolute par for a team that has spent so much money and has the squad that they have. Like they should be higher up the table. So, We've also been also, here before. We've had Marco Silva have a good run at some point for Everton. Kuman had a good run at some point. Martinez had a good run at some point. He's exactly what Alex is saying. It's par for the course. This is Ancelotti here. Like, let's, this season doesn't matter. It's all about what they do in the summer, which you know they'll waste and what he does tactically next season. This is really... Um, I have to say, though, before we move on, Andre Gomes, 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 and four months later or whatever after a leg break, which I don't know how he recovered so fast, but he is class, man. Like, he looked the best player in that last 30 minutes when he came on. Um, he, was, he played really well. Like, he completely transformed the momentum towards Everton. And again, Arsenal in the last 20 minutes or so were just against the ropes, having played three games this week with everything having a 15-day off. You could really see them. They were exhausted. Um, and that one extra sub that um, Arteta did not want to make with Kolasinac in the first, whatever, 15 minutes it was, really came back to haunt him because you just, he could not you know, uh, take anybody off. And you could really see the, the, the stresses of that, of that hard week. Yep, agreed. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, well, wait, anyone wait, 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 wait. And that's the end of part one. Okay. Part two coming up. <laughs> Stamford Bridge on Saturday, February 22nd. Chelsea 2, Tottenham 1. Jose Mourinho with uh, the second opportunity this season to try and put young Frank in his place and instead getting absolutely slapped by Frank Lampard as Jose's dinosaur tactics come out again. Um, Bernie, we discussed this last week. He's doing such a weird job and Lampard is doing a lot better than we expected, I think. Um... Yes and no, uh, in that I'll give, I hate Jose, but I'll give him that he has no forwards. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I don't think he would have changed his tactics even if Harry Kane was on the pitch, but Harry Kane does give you a focal point and he had nothing. And Son is injured for the rest of the season as well. So, you know, I didn't expect them to win or score in this game. I'm surprised they even got one, to be honest. But uh, Frank Lampard doing better than we expected? Mm. I don't know. Everyone else is doing really worse than we expected, to be very honest. Spurs are absolutely hor- horrendous. United are horrendous. Arsenal are horrendous. He's not doing better than I expected. He's just profiting, I guess, by being three points above really shit teams and Sheffield United. There's nothing special there. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to agree with Bernie on this one. 
Yeah, I just want to chime in on the Frank Lampard debate. I think Chelsea have been doing okay this season. Other teams have been way below par. Chelsea have been okay. Chelsea's record against the big teams, they have actually had the worst record uh, out of all the other, other players. Like, you look at a shit team like Man United, for example, and their record against the big teams, they actually they've beaten they've done the double over Chelsea for the first time in decades. Well, beating them three times and in a row, to be honest. Three times in a row, and you, you know uh, Chelsea against the, any of the other top six, forget about it. They're not picking up any points. So it was a miracle that they picked up three points against Tottenham. It was an overperformance by Frank Lampard, in my opinion. But then when you factor in how Son is not playing, how Harry Kane is not playing, I'm not so sure if it was really an achievement. Uh, but Chelsea, Chelsea hammered Spurs in the in the previous game. Uh, this season and Lampard very specifically tailored his tactics in a way that that did that went to a back three used the wing backs completely out out tacticked to use an Allardyce phrase um, Jose Mourinho on both occasions um, and to to defend Lampard yes obviously a bunch of teams are, are underachieving this season but he took over with one year of management experience and a, a relatively experienced dressing room a squad full of players that people thought were done like Chelsea fans last season wanted Alonso gone. They were like, who is this Emerson Palmieri bullshit? They, you know, thought they had no center backs. Zuma was a waste man. Uh, Christensen was a nothing. <coughs> Willian was done. Kovacic. Kovacic. I, 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 like, they have all these players that everyone had no faith in. And he's shown that he can get a lot out of them. He's turned around Jorginho, who people hated under Sarri. Like, he's done a really good job under the, under very difficult circumstances. No, I get it. I, I accept the point of uh, Lampard has done well, given it's you know, one year and a, and a squad that had questions marks around it. But I will make the argument that um, you know, there are managers who have no experience. They have only experience from football manager, and they go straight <laughs> into management, and they do really well. So can, can I, can I, I don't I, know their name. Can I add to that point in a more sensible way? <laughs> <laughs> let me add, the, add that point in a sensible way, Roche. So let's, com- let's contrast Mikel Arteta and Lampard. Very different circumstances. But Arteta has actually done work and actually made this team formidable in a sense. Like we said, defensively, even though he has a clown car of defenders. Frank Lampard's team is woeful defensively and attacking, if they're not with Tammy Abraham, it's usually shitty. If United beat you three times in a row, and by the way, Solskjaer beat Jose Mourinho. This is not a special thing to do. The team does not look very good on the pitch. Meanwhile, I would say that Arsenal actually look good on the pitch for, in 2020 for the most part. So I'm not impressed by this because it's been mitigating circumstances for every other team. It's like Wilder has done a wonderful job at Sheffield United. Let's talk about Sheffield United and Wilder. Let's not talk about Lampard holding status quo. That's not, that's not a good job. All right, I yes, that's very good. Calm down. Listen, <laughs> the point is, I, I think we want so much from people so fast, like, and this is life in general, but like, you, what you want Lampard to do <laughs> in six months, take a Chelsea that we all know the issues everybody mentioned from last season, and in six months, take them to what? Like, if he finishes in the top four, I don't care about the top six results and this and that and how we feel about whatever David like I don't it doesn't matter the point is if he takes him into top four a year later from the calamity that they were in like that's good enough and but but again what calamity were they in we we finished the podcast last season where we said actually you know what sorry was hard done by because that man finished third and finished uh, Europa League winners and we all said he was hard done by Listen, he he's had, come he in could- and done worse that's he a fact. Not, They're 10 points off where they were last they season. They lost their best player. They could not sign anyone in the summer. They lost Hazard, the only guy that was worth anything in that squad. He's, 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 he is where he is by having a Jorginho back in form, Kovacic playing, Abraham. Like, he has a lot of players playing for him, but he's only six months into his first proper um, reign of, of managing in a tough flight. Like, wh- what else are we going to ask for? He's not going to come in and be top of the league. I'm just saying, if this impresses you, like, yeah, it's then, impressive then, as in... Then it's not I think impressive. our standards are really, really low. No, no, no. It's not impressive as in he's there and he's done it all. It's just impressive from a sense that I can see the path and I think he's still on it. I'm, I'm not saying it's done. Obviously, if this was the highest he's ever achieved, yes, he's failed. But I just feel like there is a trajectory here and it's an upward one. That's all. Yep, I think that's fair. Uh, meanwhile, Mourinho spiraling downwards. Um, 
Right, what else have we got? Um, Leicester nil, Manchester City one. Last game we'll talk about in the Premier League. Anyone see this? Yeah, I, I did watch this, yeah. What do we think? No, 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 you go on. Um, it was... So, Jimmy Vardy can't score. And he had a few good chances. I think he had the one-on-one that hit the post that I thought was in and then didn't happen. It's been nine games now that he hasn't scored. And it's very, very clear that, I think commentator said this, if Vardy doesn't score, Leicester don't win games. And it's, with all the way that they've played, with Tillemans playing well, Needy playing well, Madison playing well, they're a one-man team. And that's, that's, that's weird. You can't rely on a 31-year-old Jamie Vardy as your sole purpose. And they need to figure it out. I think they've done enough and created enough of a gap to finish in the top four, which, by the way, is a sensational job, all things considered, actual sensational job. But, you know, we have to take it game by game, and it's just not good enough at the present moment. And they allowed Man City to win this game when I thought Man City were there for the take. Yeah, I think they have 11 points in 12 games and no one can catch them. Yeah, it's not good. Which team? City? City or Leicester? Leicester. Leicester. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I want to add in on uh, the lesser debate that they have been uh, severely underperforming their dream run earlier in the season. And uh, it did coincide with Vardy's contributions. Vardy needs, um, you know, players all across the world are, are crying because they can't get points off Vardy anymore. Yeah, everybody in that top kind of that's the third and fourth position, like even Chelsea... Um, when they had a dip in form uh, a, a while back, a few weeks ago or so, um, even then, you know, no one could catch them up. United are slowly creeping a little bit, but like it just seems like it's such a weird table this season where even if you go through quite a bad patch um, towards the top of the table, he, people don't really seem to capitalize on it. And, and everybody is so uh, up and down in their performance and their results that it kind of balances out eventually and everyone just stays where they are kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, this game was almost a friendly because, like, it just didn't matter at all. Neither neither team looks like they're going to get caught by the people behind them. Leicester winning wouldn't have really made any difference. Uh, yeah, just kind of a weird game. Um, all right, enough with the Premier League? Yeah. Let's move on to the Champions League then. We've got the next round of fixtures. Uh, Chelsea against Bayern Munich, Napoli against Barcelona, Lyon against Juventus, and Real Madrid against Manchester City. Tasty stuff. Um, let's start with Chelsea Bayern. Anyone got a prediction on this? Oh, we're doing previews. Oh, okay. well, why not? Oh, you sure. want to talk about what Absolutely. happened last week? Well, I was just saying there's there were some good games. Yeah, there were. All right, let's start with last week then. Where, where do you want to? Where do you want to go? Um, let's see. Oh, uh, why is life? Let's go. Let's go Dortmund PSG because yeah. Holland. Yeah. We we can't we can't get past that right. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. That game was, I mean, it was at the same time as the Liverpool game, so it was a hard decision to kind of Liverpool at Levy or PSG Dortmund. But, um, yeah, we introduced Mohamed to the concept of tabs. Yeah, I, I just can't. Okay, <laughs> my attention span, I just need to pick one. Um, but yeah, Dortmund PSG was, it was, um, it was a fun game. Uh, they were both open. Uh, they're both not the best defensively. Um, and they both had their chances. But Dortmund just seemed a bit more like a team. Um, the way they were playing, and PSG were very indiv- individualistic. Like Neymar was coming back after a long time out, and it just—I like him as a player a lot. It just—it seemed over the top that every time he got the ball, he slowed the play down and he tried to do his own thing. And he tried to do that little Alexis chip that he did at the end of his Arsenal career, like the whole game. And it's just like I felt they didn't have enough cohesion compared to um, Dortmund, who are you know playing more as a unit. And obviously, Haaland came to the rescue. Um, two brilliant goals. Um, and I think Dortmund overall just deserved to win this game. Yeah, what was weird about Neymar is that uh, he was rested for the four games before this, after coming back from injury. And after the game, he said he wasn't sure why, like he was fit to play. And Tuchel said, well, the doctors told me not to play him. Uh, all very confusing. Um, so that may have explained his, his kind of rustiness. But I thought PSG didn't show up. Like, Dortmund looked good, but PSG were nowhere. And this was disappointing after a lot of people have been saying, like, this is their year. Uh, but, you, you know, Alex, to, to say it, it's very difficult for an away team to put in such a strong performance in the Champions League. We have seen some really polar results in the last few seasons. Take the Liverpool-Barcelona game last season. 3-0 at home for Barcelona, 4-0 at home for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. 
couple of seasons ago. Look at PSG again. 4-0 at home against Barcelona. 6-1 loss on the road. Uh, uh, you know, you have the outliers like Man United versus PSG where both teams won away. But that's a rarity. Winning away in the Champions League is a big deal. And now we're looking at um, Dortmund, who are actually a very strong team with Haaland, who has crossed the 40-goal mark this season. And we're going to talk about the quality of his goals in a second. But I think that a 2-1 result with an away goal for PSG actually suits PSG in this leg going into the second tie. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think being one goal down with an away goal is never a bad, never a bad thing, really, in terms of, you know, you win your game at home and you're, you're there. But it was more the performance from PSG that was concerning rather than the result. I think the performance was concerning, but I think what's going to be concerning is defensively, do you expect PSG to be able to keep Dortmund out um, in the second leg? No. But that said, Dortmund are very bad defensively themselves, so PSG have an opportunity. It will really be who can outgun who. And, you know, there's some attacking uh, talent on display on both sides that's going to make for one of probably the most fun second leg that we're going to see for a few years. I, I'm going to nick this from a, from another podcast that I heard, and I can't remember which one. But if you were building your, your dream team right now and you had to pick a striker, are you taking Mbappe or Haaland? Haaland, because Mbappe is not really a striker. Holland, yeah, Holland for the way I would like the team to play with that focal point. And Holland then, all the way. Wow, clean sweep for Holland. Maybe it's recency, Holland all the way. Maybe, maybe it's recency bias, but yeah. But but I do want to talk about. I mean, okay, so recency bias is a good point, but I do want to say the quality of his finishes and the types of goals he's scoring. He's scoring a variety of goals. He can score headers. He can score tap-ins. He can, you know, play these little team moves. He can blast the ball from forty yards, like we saw in the second goal against mm-hmm. PSG. And he can also have extreme spatial awareness when the ball is bobbling around in the box and the goalkeeper is charging him down and he's able to lift the ball from a tight angle over the keeper at the near post. That's the first goal he scored against PSG. So a lot of spatial awareness and a lot of different skills he has to put the ball in the net. And the variety of goals he's scoring makes him the better striker than Mbappe. But and we only also, talk about Mbappe's lightning pace. It's also the question Alice asked, right? I don't, really, I don't think any of us specifically see Mbappe as a you know, main striker. To me, what happened at the World Cup where he had a focal point that he could play off of is actually the best way I would use Mbappe, right? I think that's why Mo's talking about target man. He has pace in behind. The guy is skill. Having him as your point number nine, I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, regardless, regardless of Haaland, I just think, honestly, just I'll just say, I think Mbappe's overrated anyway. So. But you said that for two years, but you also said Usman Dembele was better, which was absolutely wrong. So. Sure. It doesn't this... change the fact that, that Mbappe is overrated. Like, if he wasn't fast, I don't think anyone would care. He doesn't have oh. no, ability. <laughs> I, just, I just don't see it. I, I don't see him. Like, is he, do, you think, do you think Mbappe has shown anything so far to say that he'll be better than, let's say, like a... Amane or Asala? Yes. I mean, yeah, I think he's at that level. At, at, oh, 20, at, no. at 20 years old? I, I don't know if he's at that level per se, but... He has what 116 is he? goals in 188 games. Like All I know is he's way, way, way above Cavani, where those guys were at that Cavani age. Has, um, Cavani has similar like goal ratios. Yeah, Cavani's a brilliant striker, but also Mbappe is, what, 20? Yeah. Like Salah and Money didn't turn into players until they were like 26. The trajectory for, for Mbappe is Mbappe. Here's, here's, let me answer your question a different way. Who would I think will be a better player? Mbappe. But not a better striker. Mbappe is going to win Ballon d'Or like five years in a row when it's his time. And Ronaldo and Messi are not. And there won't be anyone close. I think that's fair. Really, guys? I, I think I have to sit with Mohamed on this one. Because, I mean, you know, Mohamed said, what is he without his pace? And I can't think of what he is without his pace. He doesn't have the same variety as Haaland does. I mean, yeah, we're talking striker, but how is he going to win all these Ballon d'Ors if all he has is pace? Well, A, it's not all he has, but B, you can belittle anyone like that. Like, what would Giroud be without his height? Like, it just, he has it. He has his pace. Also, guys, you're you're talking about what is a 20-year-old without his pace. Cristiano Ronaldo at 20 years old was pure pace and dribbles. He hadn't even learned how to do anything else yet. And this guy is doing this at 20 years old. He's going to adapt and model his game and become a more complete player. That's, that's bound to happen. Okay. But no, I mean, it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I just, I don't know. I just, when I watch him play, just the eye test, it's not enjoyable. 
it's not like watching a Neymar or watching a Ronaldo or watching. It's just not the same. He, he just seems a bit too, you know, same he, thing over and over. It sounds like you think of him as a premium Walcott. <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on. Uh, Atletico Madrid won Liverpool nil. This was intense. Uh, Who called it? Who called the it, boys? Most, hang on. You've called that the Atletico will knock Liverpool out. So we're at halftime. Okay. Um, but this was the most Diego Simeone of performances I think I've ever seen. And why is that? Can you, can you elaborate? It was rough and tumble. To? I mean, they, it was rough and tumble. They, they got a goal early on and they defended like madmen for the 87 minutes. Yeah, they, um, they, they're not even in good form, like, in general this season. This is one of their worst seasons under Simeone in general, just, just how they were playing in their form. So the fact that they could kind of um, bring it together for this game. And we know Atleti and how they always play better against the bigger teams because they love that kind of, like, underdog mentality, that us-against-the-world mentality um, that Simeone likes to instill and, you know, get the crowd going and all that. When, when they're favorites, they're almost not sure what to do, right? They don't have enough attacking capabilities to to beat the teams they should be beating but when they go up against the team and, and they're not favorites then they love that you know sitting in their barracks and just going okay come at us and let's see what you can do and that's what they did and you know we'll see if Liverpool have enough um, to frustrate them I worry about Liverpool in this tie if Atleti get a corner or something or a free kick and get a goal at Anfield now Liverpool what need three it's tough well, I mean, if I, I, I think that Liverpool are going to win this game. I think defensively, Liverpool are good enough. I mean, what are they, the best defensive team in the world right now, probably? And they had one chance uh, Atletico had, or rather two, and they put them away, and Liverpool missed a couple of chances. I, don't, I think this Liverpool team, I, I hate to say it, is particularly special, and I don't think this below-average Atletico Madrid team is what's going to stop them from getting past this round. I think they just got lucky on the day, and that's it. Yep, agreed. Okay. Roger, anything more? As much as I want to see Liverpool go out of the Champions League and I want to support Mohana's hypothesis, I think that um, you know it, it's going to be a blowout at Anfield because I don't think I don't think Atleti are going to have enough in them with the atmosphere at the ground and the way that uh, Liverpool are going to play, the mentality. They've won 26 games and drawn one in the league. This one nil blip that we call it against Atleti is just a just a little rock in their path this season okay fair enough they will explode it i would imagine but we will see yeah. uh, if if uh if they don't then i owe him 130 dollars so i'm uh supporting liverpool full-time for that game <laughs> <laughs> um, tottenham nil leipzig won uh, another disappointing result for spurs uh, leipzig roche with the all-important away performance and away goal um yeah. Mourinho again very negative well, Mourinho's acting like he's the only person in the world that ever had people injured. Like, yeah. like I was, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I followed this game closely, but I've listened to a few podcasts and read a few articles about it. And, you know, RB Leipzig apparently were playing two, um, two fullbacks and, like, center back. And, like, their best player was that Chelsea low knee this game. Like, it's not like they were having, you know, it's not like they had their full starting 11 either. So, you know, Mourinho's normal deflection tactics and all that, I just, I just don't buy it. Um, Leipzig were just as good as Tottenham, if not better this game, and they deserve to win um, regardless. So um, I think, I think I really hope that they can do it at home and, and, and continue because I like watching them play. They're, they're, they've been fun. They're, they're a wonderful team and they came flying out of the traps. I mean, they honestly could have been tuning up in the first two minutes. It, it was astonishing the chances they created early on. Well, when um, you outpress Spurs, you know you're pressing. <laughs> yeah, but, but like... I, I honestly don't really know what Mourinho's doing. I mean, obviously he's saying that, you know, we don't have forwards, but you still have Bergwijn there. You still have Lamella. You have Deli Ali. You have Giovanni Lastelso. You have Ndombele. Like, you have Lucas. very... Lucas, well, Lucas shit, but whatever. You have very skilled, creative, attacking players. And if you can't... Like, it's your job to figure out, if you're missing those guys, how to get your team to score goals. You can't just pack up and say, well, these guys are out for the rest of the season, so we're not going to try and score for three months. Like, it, it's just really pathetic. And uh, yeah, I have I have no faith that that Spurs will overturn that in the second leg. Cool. Okay. Atalanta, Bernie. Anything about this? No. Oh. This is this is absolutely done and sensational. Uh, I'm I'm just happy that they won. Uh, I don't know why I don't like Valencia, but I, I like Atalanta, so yeah. I'm I'm happy that they that they pulled this off. That's what it. have you got against Francis Coquelin? 
Yeah, but also, wasn't Atalanta like in the second division like last season or something? In no, they, they've no, but I, I mean, the. They're an underdog story massively, like compared to the resources of other Champions League clubs that, you know, the squad cost pennies, but it's, it's pretty sensational what they're doing. Anyway, um, let's look ahead to, uh, to the fixtures this week. We'll just do this very quickly. Uh, Chelsea, Bayern, predictions. Shay. Bayern to win this one. Okay. Can we, just, are we just, can we just talk about the whole tie? Like, I can't predict half the tie. Like, can we just say who is okay. eventually go through? Because like it's oh, in that case, I can add some more color to the Chelsea Bayern opinion of mine. Fill it in. Ah, well, as we said earlier about Chelsea on the pod, like you know, they're not very good against big teams, barring their results against Spurs. Okay, Alex, yes, but <laughs> against Bayern Munich, you know, this is a Bayern Munich team that steamrolled Tottenham in the Champions League. I think they they killed them like seven two or something. It was something stupid. But the uh, Bayern Munich over two legs are a much more balanced team. And they're going to go through very easily. Lampard, um, I think it'll be a good excursion for him, a good learning experience. But overall, they probably lose on aggregate about 3 1 or so. Agreed. I think that's fair, Bernie. This is going to be an absolute decimation. Um, let's say, where's the first leg? Is it in London or? Yeah, yeah Stanford Bridge. Okay. Uh, maybe a draw on the first leg and then they'll win 3 0 in Germany. Let, 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 let's be concerned. Yeah, I think the Germany, the Germany game will be big. Okay, I, I think it'll be. I think Bayern will win, but I think it will be tighter than than you guys say. Um, and Giroud loves a goal against Bayern Munich. Remember that. Uh, Napoli, Barcelona. Uh, Gattu says Napoli are one of the weirdest weirdest clubs in football. Are they gonna be shit? Or are they gonna be? <laughs> They're gonna have to be very very good to do anything against Barcelona. Um, Mohamed, how many goals will Messi score? Uh, in the first leg or both legs? <laughs> Over two legs. Over two legs, I'd give it like around 15.6 goals. You're actually asking the wrong question. It's about, <laughs> it's about how many goals Braithwaite's going to score. Ah, the legend. Yeah, well, he's not going to be doing any keepy-uppies. We know that. <laughs> so I think be, the consensus wait, wait. is that... It's... You're sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, is he cup-tied for the champ? No, because he was playing for Legades. <laughs> Sorry, Rashid, he was going to get relegated. I don't think he's cup back for the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, interesting on Brathwaite. The only Brathwaite I knew about before this was on the West, West Indies cricket team. Um, so very fresh. Uh, but I just wanted to add, I think there's a unanimous consensus that Barcelona is going to thrash Napoli and we're going to see Gattuso, um, you know, completely losing himself on the sideline, maybe even shitting himself. And I wow. would love to see that personally. And I think Messi is going to score wait, a grand... Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Yeah. You would add, yeah, you, like literally or figuratively? <clears throat> Both. Okay, cool. Cool. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be so angry, he's going to shit. <laughs> I mean, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> exactly. But Messi will score, I think, four goals. And I think Barca will win this with this tie over two legs, probably between 6 2 to 8 3, something like that. Wow. That no, is no, no, no. I think that's fair. And uh, like a three-one-four-one, one. yeah. I don't think Barcelona are that good, but we we will see. Uh, Bernie, anything different? Um, Barcelona win. Uh, I'm I'm going for a a real beating, but maybe like five-nil aggregate. Okay, I just want a Manolas goal just for the uh, the nostalgia. Uh, Lyon against Juventus. If uh, <laughs> this should also be a mauling, this should fall under the the battering category. But you never know. Anyone? Sorry, I don't think this one will. I think they'll win, but Juventus, like Ronaldo aside, 11 goals in a row, props to him, but no one else is doing anything. So, and they don't beat, I mean, they just beat, I think it was Spal, who are Roche's favorite team. They just beat Spal 2-1, not altogether convincing. So they'll probably win like 2-1 and 1-0 and, and just get through. Sorry, why are they my favorite team? I think I, I, was, I don't know. I, I think a, this is just either them or Benevento was one of those teams that you really liked. Back it was in definitely day. Benevento box. Okay, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, certainly not least, Real Madrid against Manchester City, the big one. Madrid uh, is going to absolutely demolish City. Like, like you don't understand. Over both legs, there's going to be like a three-goal difference. You really think so? Oh man, I cannot wait for you. <laughs> why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Because City are, in really, City are in a really 
bad patch right now, and Aguero can barely like pass a ball. And I just think the defense is not good enough. And Madrid's midfield, let's think about it. They're gonna have Modric, Casemiro, and um, no, well, the old Barca manager, Valverde. Yes. So them three are gonna absolutely dominate, man. I just can't wait. I think City's gonna get like just yeah. Uh, Mohamed, I think I think you messed up. <laughs> Bro, after Atleti, I think you messed after up. After you knock out Liverpool, you're gonna listen to everything I say. No, I think I think I think you messed up because if you go back to the last results of Real Madrid, four three loss to Sociedad. Yeah, they beat Osasuna four one, two two draw to Celta Vigo, and one 0 loss to Levante. They're not in any better form. In fact, they're in worse form than Man City. Uh, and you have to tell me that they're not going to concede? Bernie, I, have to uh, one, I only have one thing to say. Oh, I'm not going to like this because Twitter bans, isn't it? I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, uh, is a strange, this is a strange part because I'm agreeing with almost everything Mariano is saying. I, I wanted which is why I know it's out. wrong. That's yeah, how I'm we worried. know it's wrong. Honestly, but I, I'm worried. But I also think that Real Madrid are easily going to knock City out of this tie. The City are garbage. And Kevin De Bruyne, as much as you think he's like Braveheart and like the EPL, he's going to get mauled. And like Aguero can't buy a goal, and all the FPL players have been let down. Bro, Rishi, I completely agree with you. The minute De Bruyne steps foot into the Spanish sun, he's gonna melt. Guys, yeah, he just De Bruyne said, is trying to play for a job, and he wants to play for Real Madrid. So, like, get the hell out of here. You, you wow. just said that Man City can't buy a goal. I'm telling you, UEFA have just told you that all they've been doing is buying goals. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Uh, good point. Yeah, yeah. I, will, I, will, I, will, I will say that Real Madrid, like, I, I kind of don't take their league form into the Champions League. They're, they're just a Champions League team and, and they seem to step up for that. So I'm absolutely not ruling them out from beating City over two legs, but I do not think they're going to bat them. Certainly not. Any more for any more? Nope. In that case, we will say goodbye. Roche, thank you. Thank you very much. Mohanad, thank you. Thanks, guys. Bernie. Take it easy to get right about stuff. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.